this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Welcome after buzzers. You're watching the after show for Queen Sugar season four, episode twelve. Here, where tonight we talk. Vi closes a chapter. Raw finds his way, and Charlie and Micah face off. Stay tuned for more. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now let the buzz begin. Welcome, Queen Sugar fans. We are back. Of course, my name is Shaka Smith, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. HBCU graduate, fam, you, yes. Don Terry Terrell. <laughs> and we got Miss Thelman busy with Daniel, who you've seen on This Is Us and Good Shorty After Shows. Hey guys, how are you doing? <laughs> also an HBCU graduate, oh, Spellman. Okay, Spellman. Okay. So we've got a lot to talk about in this episode. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> of course, guys, we have your news, your gossip, our big easy scene where we talk a little bit about NOLA life, but we want to get into our overall thoughts of this episode. Um, for me, I liked seeing Nova back into the fold. I'll admit it, it was nice seeing that part of the healing, especially the way it affected on Vi. Um, so that was really my big takeaway. I, I love that part of it. I'm still, we got to delve into that Micah Charlie thing, but um, we'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, what were y'all's overall thoughts? Um, I feel like it was a journey of self-discovery a little bit for everybody, more than one character. Micah, on Vi, even Darla. And I feel like it spoke to the fact that we all need help and support in terms of confronting pain, trauma, or just a lot of various aspects that um, are go- currently going on in our lives or have gone on previously. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, for me, I just felt like I'm really glad that this show really takes the time to be intentional about how they integrate, like, social, polit- political issues that are going on in the world. Like, how they were talking about, like, voter suppression and just things that they really touched on on a deeper level. So I was just really glad to see that kind mm-hmm. of play into the storyline. Yeah, and they, they, they tackle all of those issues but in a way that's not overwhelming for the viewer you yeah. know yeah. so um but uh let's get into it uh we got vi closing a chapter um i i mean i, I love the storyline obviously we love the storyline but when we see uh vi face off with jimmy dell what a, what a powerful scene <laughs> that was but let's talk about this negotiation nova makes with her nova says look i'll tell you the address but you gotta let me drive you were you guys here for that were you guys here for that you know that opening that break I I don't I feel like Nova wasn't in the position to make demands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll give you the address, but talk to me. And I loved Anvai's response. 
no, I don't have to if I don't want to. Like, it's on my time. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. intruded my personal space and brought all of this hell into my life. So yeah. I'll talk to you when I feel like it. <laughs> but I do love the fact that she decided to start speaking to her, you know, on the car ride. And when she said, she said you um, wrote more pages about my trials than my triumphs. Yeah, that was I powerful. Said, that was very powerful. Yeah. And I, I love the fact how they were communicating. They weren't yelling. They weren't, um, I was just getting it off her chest and letting her know you truly hurt me. Yeah. Like, you hurt me to my core. Um, so, yeah. And I feel like Nova is at a place where she... I'm not going to lie. I'm with you. I was a little excited to see Nova, too. <laughs> not a whole season, I've been saying. Yeah. I'm not forgetting yeah. Nova, but I was a little excited about it. It's nothing, you know, more important or just fulfilling than seeing that family unit come together. Yeah. yeah. It was really great to see. I definitely agree. I, it was really great to see Envi come back with the I'll Show You. And she already has in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So it was really great to, like, see how they're working together. But also, I think that Nova has gotten a lot of pushback and all of the results and the repercussions of the things that she has done have been mostly negative. On some aspects, I felt like this was, like, a glimmer of, like, what she had in- hoped or intended would have happened yeah. is starting to show up. Even though it showed up in the ugliest of ways, it's one of those things where, like, the storm comes, you know, right before the dawn. Yeah, and, and I, I love that um, when she, when Aunt Vi said to her, you have to give me that address because you opened this thing up mm-hmm. and you got to heal it, Nova said, I know. And it was the first time that acknowledgement that she realized that there was no way out of, like, trying to kind of academically explain what she did. She finally said, I know. And it, it, I felt relief as a viewer going, okay, now I, I want her to be back in the family, you know? I mean, but can we get a part two to this book where Nova praises her Aunt yeah. Vi and Charlie? <laughs> yeah. like... That better be coming next, not just right, a newspaper exactly. article, right? right well, exactly. maybe I'll save that for my predictions because I, I saw Nova, like, recording, you know, and that was a powerful yeah. moment oh, really? where she, like, saved the girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, we got to talk about that, that Jimmy Dell scene. And I- we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I almost thought they were going to rob us of like a real powerful moment. Because when she had walked away initially, it was sort of like, he still kind of like shook, shook her enough, you know? She was still shaken. So it was nice to see her turn around and turn it back around. What did you guys feel in that moment that she did turn it around? It was powerful. It was everything that I wanted because she didn't have to get too out of her character. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to really say much. She just said the truth and said it in such a stern manner. And she wasn't afraid. She moved with so much confidence, got right up in there, in his face, and said what she had to say without raising her voice and without letting him take anything else from her. It was just, I was screaming when I saw it. I was like, yes! I was like, in the car. And calmly, because even when she... (laughs) 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 That part. (laughs) But calmly, because even when she had initially tried to dress him down, she had, like, stuttered a couple words, you know, which really happens in real life when we're facing that bully, you know. We don't always have this perfect diction, you know. Yeah. But she got her power back. Yeah. And I feel like Jimmy Dell is a perfect example of hurt people hurt people and mm-hmm. misery loves company. Yeah. And then when I'm by, I said, I got the respect, love, money, house, you ain't got shit. I was like, <laughs> I was like, and, <laughs> and she's going to take your girl too because 
I love that she restrained herself because she said you don't have anything, you know, you never had anything. But she did not go as far as to saying you will never. It's like, you know, she just had like a bit of class to it where it's like, I'm not going to curse your future, whatever God has for that's your business. I'm leaving you here in the present. So I kind of noticed that and I liked it. Yes. And then also, I feel like with both Aunt Vi and Micah, it's just so powerful to see them like free themselves. Mm, I feel like they both experienced that. Um, But also, with I'm by, it proves the mental and emotional scars that you can still have years later, days later, you know, decades yeah. later, long after the physical, you know, scars yeah. have been removed. Because she was still holding on to that. And as healing much as can, she, yeah. Yeah, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying healing can look different. You yes. know, I, I think she was healed in a way before Jimmy Dale came back into her life. But then when he was back in, now her healing had to change. It had to look different. You know? Yes, but I feel like she healed to a certain extent. Maybe yeah. she, you know, she needed to peel that little Band-Aid off. And now I feel like she's fully healed to yeah. move forward. Because she even mentioned, you know, she learned to be in the present and break bad cycles. Yeah. So maybe, you know how they always say, like, sometimes somebody comes back around, not necessarily to sort of teach you a lesson. Or to, you know, make sure that you learned the lesson. So I feel like maybe this was her lesson and realizing, yeah, I need to be in the moment. You're right. I have all of this awesome stuff. I have an amazing family. I have the house. I have the success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't need that past generational trauma and this bad stuff holding me back or just when I hear your name, I'm fearful and I'm shivering. Yeah, I think there was a I think there was a lesson there that if you are holding on to something, then maybe you are not fully healed. You know, because how do you know if you're fully healed? Because you feel like you're fully healed. But if you still got something that that you're physically holding on to, that might be, you know. Go ahead. I was going to say, but I also love the journey behind it because healing can take a while. Like like you said, it's different stages for everyone. You know, somebody could have been like, girl, that happened 30 plus years ago. (laughs) You're still talking about that? (laughs) And, you know, everyone's journey is different. So I love the fact that we've seen Aunt Vi's growth and just the whole dynamic behind it. And a lot of trauma like that is very much sunk into like yourselves and who you are and I feel like no matter sometimes no matter how far you've gone even now it doesn't mean that a year from now two years from now though she might feel triumphant she might still have that like oh this happened you know what I mean so I think that healing is forever a continuous process especially when it comes to such abuse yeah and I think there's extra healing of course when you get to spare someone else from that abuse and in Layla she was able to do that Mm -hmm. and you know we'll talk about predictions later but hopefully that might inspire something more for her in that in Mm -hmm. that vein I feel like I'm by might have uh, found her calling yeah in terms of because she's helping Darla she helped that young girl when I saw that young girl I didn't know what was happening that it broke my heart yeah I realized yeah what? Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm so happy that, you know, I'm by didn't turn the other cheek. Like, oh, well, that's not my problem. I'm yeah, not in yeah. this situation. Like, I, you know, you know? I can try to get you out, but I can't really. You but know, not, she but, really, you know, drew a line in the sand. Right. But, you know, sometimes you might see that and be like, oh, well, it's not me. Yeah, it's yeah. not my family. So, yeah, she's got to figure it out on her own. Yeah. Right. But she yeah. didn't. So. That's crazy because it's my heart a pattern. Yeah. He's, he's, he's something wrong with him. Yeah, yeah, but um, of course, guys, we want you to share your comments and your thoughts with us. And Thelma has got a few words about that. Hey, guys, before we move on to our next topic, we just wanted to say thank you for making us the ESPN of TV talk. Continue to watch us grow and help us grow by subscribing on YouTube, of course, listening on Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is you listen to your podcast on. Also, make sure you rate us on iTunes. Five star ratings, four is not enough. <laughs> and also leave us a comment and we'll be sure to hit you back up. Thank you so much. And yeah, tune in. Yes, we appreciate you guys. See you guys in the chat. Ken from Chicago, Doran Provost, thank you guys for joining us. Um, but let's get into it. So Raw finds his way. Or I, I felt for me this episode, Raw was sort of trying to find his way, trying to figure out a new path with Darla, what that's going to look like, trying to figure out what's going on with Nova, and then trying to navigate that with Blue. 
what did you guys feel about this new family dynamic with Darla, though? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I, you know, in the past, I've always said, I feel like it's a codependency when it comes to Ralph Angel and Darla. Um, but I feel like Ralph Angel is Darla's support system. And I love the fact when she said, thank you for supporting me and not giving up on me. Because so many times when, you know, when you deal with people, a lot of times, even people who aren't, you know, dealing with addiction, just people in general, one mistake, and you're like, oh, they're disposable, I'm done. And you just cut them off. Like, you know, I know I'm guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning not to do that. Because, you know, I would want somebody to give me the benefit of the doubt or try to help me through it. Um, I know when um, I was going through a bad period in, in my life, and I was constantly, like, calling my friends. Like, looking back, I, I'm like, they could have been like, girl, we tired of hearing your sad song. <laughs> <laughs> but they were there for me, and they yeah. stuck by me. And I totally appreciate that because I'm totally in, in a different place and different space right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm, still, I'm not that same person. Yeah. So I can actually appreciate the family unit. But I feel like before they even jump into an actual full-fledged rela- relationship and let's, you know, create this family, just work on the co-parenting and the friendship and foundation if that's what you truly want, yeah. both of you truly want. You know, I love that you just said that because that's actually what I saw in this episode as well. It's like, for once, and not, okay, perhaps that's a generalization, maybe not for once, but Darla is becoming a different, is singing a different tune mm-hmm. in a very mature manner, especially when it came to the Nova thing, right? He even said that was pretty big of you. I was like, you want to forgive her? And it's like, no, it's not even that I want to forgive her. It's like, I want to be the bigger person for my son. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's showing her growth and showing how dedicated she is to being more, having more of like a balanced relationship, you know? Less yeah. Text- yeah. I was going to say, I also <laughs> love the fact that Darla is very like emotionally mature in the mm-hmm. sense when she was like, Blue has nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. You know, what Nova did affected me and you. You know, Blue adores her. He shouldn't even be in um, in the middle of this. I know a lot of times, like, growing up, just in terms of, like, if it was, like, a sibling dispute between aunts and uncles, we always knew. Like, the kids always knew. Right. And I don't feel like that was healthy because, you know, when I see my aunt, hey. And he's like, let's go. We're like, wait, what happened? (laughs) Yeah, what's going on? (laughs) Right. But for me, Darla is relying on that love because... She doesn't believe she will be there. And I see Darla saying, oh, I really want to make sure he's going to need all the love he can get when he gets older. And she's almost saying that because she's nervous as to whether she will stay sober. But I just really want to see her. I mean, that's what I I took away from some of that. I I didn't get that from her when she said that. The world is a very cruel place. And I feel like she's trying to keep, you know, and maintain his innocence and his purity. I got that. I got that she was like... You know, I'm. I have my struggles here right now, and so he's gonna need all the support he no. can get. But he has that with without her. You know. No, no, with- no, no. No, I'm saying I think she doesn't want him closed off from Nova or the rest of the family because he's gonna need that love so strong. Because I, the mother, may not be here. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get that vibe. <laughs> I got that. That's what <laughs> no, I got. No, I, I, I didn't, didn't get, get that. I, I got more of like a general vibe of like the world is cold. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, I thought it was the world's cold and, and I'm, I'm not <laughs> controlling myself. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, if She's... nobody else loves you in the world, you know your family loves you and supports you yeah. unconditionally. Because I may not be here. Because, no, yeah. no. <laughs> no. That's what I got. So you, was, you're trying to get her back to relapse and we just, we trying to no, move no. forward. I thought it was a conscious decision by her, though. Just, she was thinking, you know, just given what's happened, he needs all the support he can no, possibly No, get. she was being an adult and saying, don't put kids in the middle of adult situations. That too, yeah. that too. I agree, I agree. Yeah. We never find a good way. Right. Way but I mean, can we talk about Blue? And yeah, how, like, that and, maturity, right? Right, yeah. I was like, okay, Blue. When he had the conversation with Ralph Angel. Yes. yes. Like, just 
I mean, just for me being a viewer and seeing life through the lens of a child, it's always, it was like a teaching experience. I yeah. think for all of us. I was like, yeah. he's so pure. Uh, and Ralph Angel, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay. Like, yeah, so yeah, I love that moment. Um, and then what, what did Blue, what was the advice he'd gotten was, you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth the friendship, these like small things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a lot of the ways, because I also work, you know, in, in education. I think that's a lot of the ways that, kids communicate so plain and so honest and I feel like that was the way Ralph Angel was able to take it you know because Darla pretty much said the same thing but in different words you know and I think the simplicity of it was just too piercing coming from like your son it's like okay at this point if the the little child knows this then I should be able to oblige yeah and then I think he probably also realized you know because he said um, Blue said I heard you guys arguing this morning you know so it it probably peeped Ralph Angel like wow he's really observant really in there I'm about to say kids kids are not smart yeah Yeah. they know everything kids know everything yes listen to kids Um, so hopefully we'll see what happens with Ram Ralph Angel Noah because it looks like he certainly wasn't there for the apology before. And one thing he did say was that when he was telling Blue, he said Nova believes she's in the right, and he hasn't talked to Nova yet because she doesn't know she no longer believes she's in the right. So do, what do you guys think about that that level of communication between them? I think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, I think Ralph. I feel like he's not obligated, but he has the right to go through his own emotional journey and when. The time is right for him to speak to Nova in reference to what happened. Then, but, so, but, but I, yeah, go ahead. Good. I I feel like it's also really important because a lot of times we just want to hear people own up yeah. to what they've done, and that ownership is I don't know why, but it's just so freeing for us. Cause like, okay, now I can really like forgive you because now you at least are admitting what you've done. Yeah. So I think the fact that you just made that point that he doesn't quite know that she's ready to own up to yeah. it, I think it will be a significant factor in their ability to reconcile. Yeah, because we have to allow. Because Ralph Angel never really allows Nova. Like he looked at her very sternly and was like, "Not what are you doing here?" So he never allowed her to really give her mea culpa and say, "I'm sorry, I'm not right." Da, 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 da. No, but, no, but I'm glad. With, I'm yeah. glad he said everything that he had to say because yeah. too many times we're so detached from everybody knows their intentions yes but you're yeah. so detached from the consequences intentions or not so I'm glad that he kind of placed it out there and she's like oh she realized what what, what did you yeah. think was going to happen or no when she was like Blue's in therapy yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you think like, you said like literally them. on the yeah. playground it's awkward yeah. I'm like ma'am lower your voice like what the, what's and the act surprise lower your voice and I think and it's, and it's good because I think, as Vi said, Nova does not, she speaks well, but she doesn't listen well. And so it's just good for her to be listening, even hearing some, getting some of the abuse and knowing that it's not now. Getting it's not some the of the abuse. Well, I, I think she knew it was like, I have to get the abuse in order to then let that part heal and then come, by, come back with the apology. But <laughs> the phrasing. <laughs> and now we've got to talk about Charlie and Micah's face off. But really, Charlie oh, had, she had a lot of battles um, this, uh, um, this episode. So before we get to the Charlie and Micah thing, I love that they brought up the voter suppression um, battle that seems to be going on. So already it looks like they're, throwing voters off the rolls, they've moved precinct um, polling places. What do you guys think about how this is mirroring a lot of what's happening in reality? I just think that this is, it literally is exactly what's happening in reality, and I think that shows like this are really important and more so for it to register with people and it to go past just an episode and it being powerful because that's really what's going on and until enough voices get behind a pushback nothing is really going to be changed you know so I think like this show is intentionally also shining a light on some of the policies that we have to live through and which obviously make up for a lot of the places that we are right now as a country yeah 
And I think that speaks to why the show is so successful because it mirrors and parallels a lot of what, you know, we, we're going through in everyday society that some people may or may not um, agree with or the fact that the media might sort of, you know, um, create their own narrative around what's happening as opposed to just speaking truth to light and being like, it's a lot of voter suppression going on. Yeah. Let me tell you about this. But, you know, and sometimes we don't know about it. We think, oh, maybe my local thing just messed up or it's happening here. And it doesn't seem like, but if it's on a TV show, then I know it must be happening in, in enough places that it's an issue, right? But to, yeah. they moved the the voter precinct 10 miles. Yeah, I was it, like, 10 miles? Two miles? And uh, LA is like, <laughs> oh my goodness, a journey. So yeah. 10 miles? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, and so I, I think it just highlights that this stuff it's happening because for me especially before I like when I was growing up 15 16 I would never know about these issues unless I saw them somewhere and we're finally seeing these issues in a show that I've never seen before you know it's so crazy because I actually just had a very in-depth conversation um with somebody and this whole time I, I guess I just assume that people vote and because when I was in college I was like the youngest like precinct uh, supervisor and stuff I like was um recruited my cousin and I remember <laughs> a lot of times they, true story they put me in like this white district so I'm the only black girl I'm the youngest one and I'm with all these older white people literally everybody who came in there walked right past me oh aren't you cute okay and <laughs> kept it moving and I'm trying to like help them you know yeah. not necessarily register but you know I'm trying to get your ballot I'm trying to do this and the older white people be like oh no that's her you need to talk to her yeah. and those people like those older white people were so like what what do you mean and they were just so like not even intimidated but just Showed me not an ounce of respect. Like, yeah. you can't, you, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to explain to you. Let me help you yeah. because I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, so, but anyway, so back to my conversation <laughs> that I had. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, the person told me how they did not vote and they thought yeah. it was stupid to vote. They never saw, they never witnessed change um, in terms of voting. Mm. So me and that person sort of got into like yeah. a heated not even discussion. It was an argument at that point. <laughs> and he was like, you know, don't tell me and don't say, you know, our ancestors died for the right to vote. Oh, I mean, yeah. voting is never, you know, going to make change and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what, what world are you living in? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm no, just... You no, know, you do know. And you're absolutely right. Because if it wasn't so important, no one would go through all of the trouble that's, to do what is being done yeah. right voter now. suppression. Yeah. So yes, I think and, that that's the lie that one... That is it's such an art, beautifully orchestrated, like, you know, plot to... Because once you lose hope in something, then it's easy for you to be... And that's my point, exactly. Clearly, it's something extremely important to us because why are you going through these hoops and why are you doing a lot of... But you also see, I think, we see how, like... These, these groups and these people that haven't quite yet been revealed in this show yeah. are working and operating against you. And so I think maybe that idea that voting does nothing is coming from the, this feeling that no matter what vote I cast, this corporation is doing this and this corporation is doing that and the president will do this. Or this. So it, That's it, it, there, there is a helpless feeling. So maybe there was a time that person did think, okay, maybe this will matter for a second or a day, and it didn't. So, so I get it from that standpoint. But, but that, and that's fair because we've even seen that happen in our past election and things yeah. along those lines where it's like at the end of the day, the candidate who most believe to be best, irregardless of what, what's but, the truth yeah. is, what's going to happen. Just don't vote? And that's what I'm saying. We don't just get, you don't just give up at that point. Right. You no, but for, but for some people, they feel dejected. And then also, you know, with national elections, you don't necessarily feel the sting of like an immediate thing on your, um, you know, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. But with this election that Charlie's dealing with, we're seeing this through the lens of this is going to directly affect these parishioners in St. Joe. So so I like that they're making these elections real for this community. So that they because we don't really participate in local elections. That's where people really need to get involved yeah. too. And so I, I like that they're kind of highlighting that as well. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. 
So <laughs> I'm all about local elections yeah. and national elections. So yeah, so, so I hope all y'all registered to vote too. So yeah, I was I was glad to see that, that they highlight that issue. But of course, the biggest issue is Micah, and he's he's been given this opportunity, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, for me, I really feel like he's throwing away an opportunity that I imagine. His parents, even Davis included, got to show some love for Davis. Uh, no. um, that, but his parents worked for this opportunity. Like, this is part of, you know, what you work hard for, the private schools. All, all, all that is to set him up with this opportunity to get the connections, to get the job offers that will set him up for a future to empower himself and his people. But do we agree with him now taking this, this turn? You want to go first? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I totally agree with Micah taking this turn. What I don't agree with was the way he approached the situation. I felt like that should have been a, com- a private conversation between him and his mother. He shouldn't have just sprung it on her like that. Quick, quickly, when I when I say um, agree with the change or agree with this turn, do you think he's going to be able to affect more change with this decision or going to Harvard and getting those connections and building that business that his mom talked about? You do realize you can get connections from going to HBCU as well. It's nothing like an HBCU network. Oh, uh, no, no, agree. Right. But do you think, on, on balance, the higher probability is going to get connections that will fuel that business are going to be better or, or will have more effect going to Harvard? No. I mean, I, it looks good on your resume. However, I feel as though a lot of times we've been conditioned to think that white is right. Going to a PWI oh, is like... Oh. Well, no, I'm saying like a PWI. Like a, like a PWI, like... No, I never heard that. No, no, no. What's that mean? Okay, oh, like a private white institution. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to going to an HBCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha, yeah. So a lot of times, you know, people I put they um, lower the value or the standards of what an HBCU can offer. You can get those same connections, that same network, but you're you're sort of in tune with your culture. It's nothing like going on walking on the HBCU campus and seeing people who look like you and from different walks of life, but you all are striving towards greatness. And even those people who are on the campus, you know, when I was at my HBCU, shout out to FAMU, um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember... You know, just being surrounded by um, so many people. Like, this one girl was like, oh, yeah, um, I've uh, had um, dinners at the White House with President Clinton. You know, just naming all these presidents. She had traveled to every continent. And it was just like, oh, so, like, her family was deeply embedded in that political landscape. Mm-hmm. My family isn't. But seeing somebody who looks like me, I'm like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like a, a, a culture shock in that sense, too. But there's nothing like an HBCU experience. And I feel like the where Micah is right now, he's going to get that that confidence, that exposure, and just that overall education and what he needs to propel himself forward. Because he can go to Harvard and just feel like a loan shark, not identified with anything or everybody. Just like one black body in a classroom, a sea, you know, yeah. of white students. But I mean, I definitely went to an HBCU, and I think that there was it was extremely important and instrumental in affirming my identity. Nevertheless, I feel like he wasn't just given this opportunity. He earned it. He fought for it. There's, um, I just think it depends on how you view things. I just think that where Charlie is coming from, as we've seen, true to her character, she is always trying to do things on a macro level, you know. So she very much believes that policy change is what's going to happen, you know, being employing people and actually making those immediate differences in their lives is what's going to it's going to change people. Yeah. So I feel like they just see it from two different lenses. So I just think that, like, for, for Micah, he can definitely accomplish the things that he wants to do without losing this opportunity. I feel like a lot of times we think things are either or, but they can always be an end and a comma. Yeah, and then and for also, me, yeah, go I was going to say, but also, we're acting like you can um, 
just undergrad is the end all be all. There's still grad school. You yeah, can still but, go to Harvard uh, for no, grad no, school. No, 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 no <laughs> absolutely. And that's a huge yeah. point. Though once you're in Harvard now, you know, it's harder to, to get to Harvard for grad school. So now you you're like, okay, I got in now. So this is like, let me take advantage of this huge opportunity. But but I will say, you know, just because institutions have been around so long because it's been, you know, it's had the name for so long that a lot of alumni are in positions of power that other people from different schools, doesn't even matter if it's HBCU, other schools aren't in. And so those connections are important. So I, I, I see Micah throwing that away. And because Micah has not been very deliberate and conscientious this entire time, um, it, this feels like a whim, right? <laughs> he Just last week he didn't know what he wanted to do. He's in the prom. I, mean, yeah. I don't know what I want to do. Now he wants to do photography at Xavier. And then he's going to go to Harvard and get more into a sunken place and not know what he want to no, do. No, but, but he's, he's prepared his life for Harvard. And then remember... No, these... his mom has prepared for Harvard. But this is not just about him, which is yeah. what she was trying to say. Yeah. You are standing on the shoulders of those who came before you. So you did not make such a decision. Do you know how much investment has gone into this child? And I know that because... <laughs> Roll listen, too, you know? listen, listen. And I feel the weight of that because just like being able to trace like every single thing that's going on, knowing where my family came from, where we are now, the things that were done... Like, going to a private university, you know, out-of-pocket scholarship, those things were important and took a lot of s- sacrifice and support mm-hmm. to bring you to this position. So I do understand why she's a little upset because it's like... Like, everything And the lack of consideration you, yeah. in the way that he did it, that is just... I think that's why. And if they know, made I think list, that's just yeah. an addition. That's just uh, the cherry on top of and the anger. If they made a list, why didn't you include Xavier on the list? But why so didn't why we have, have this conversation? conversations? But, but also, <laughs> I want to be like, so big and bad and adult. <laughs> Xavier is not on our list. But it should, it's... What do you mean? This is like Micah's future. This is Micah. But also, I feel like... They're paying tuition. I feel like it's a learning (laughs) lesson that you can't sort of force your dreams and your goals on your child. Ultimately, your child is going to do what they want. But it's not that she was forcing it because Micah failed to communicate. Micah failed to communicate. Charlie is not this... You know, wicked stepmom of the eat. Like, no, that's not who she is. Right. Yeah. And it's like she's not there for him or doesn't support his political ambition in whatever medium he chooses to take. But he did not communicate that. And, it's, and I totally agree with you. And that's why I said the way he communicated with it, I do not agree with. No, but I'm saying just even early on, like, why wasn't Xavier on the list at all? Yeah. It, it makes me feel that it was on the list because you just came up with it like two seconds ago. It's, it's, if you had always you know cared saying? about Xavier, <laughs> Xavier would have been on there. That's what I'm saying. I agree with you completely. Yeah, so it, it's less. If he had been a conscientious dude and been like, you know, I've I got some real choice to make between Harvard and Xavier, and, I, and this is my plan at Xavier, how I would I do it this way, then I would have been able to go with this decision because yeah. it would have been so deliberate and part of who he is and fueling that passion. But he seems to me still aimless, and it's better to end up at Harvard aimless than I think at Xavier aimless. So do y'all think he's following Kiki? Or, no, or y'all think this is his own... I don't think he's necessarily following Kiki. I just think of, that yeah. I just think that listen, change is very hard. And he has become who he is. He's found himself as an adult, as an individual in this atmosphere. So I think that that has a lot to do with it, whether that's Kiki, whether that's his aunts and family being around, whether it's the soil of, you know, that affirms his identity, whether it's the fact that photography is something he's already familiar with. Such a drastic change, I think, is part of what he's running away from. And sometimes... Yeah, that's just how I see it. And, and he's he, come and to he his could, senses. And he could transfer, you know. Um, 
But but to me, it did seem like a betrayal of what they had been working on. Yeah, what absolutely. Charlie has been working yeah. on. Okay. Well, we'll try. <laughs> what, let's, what, not, <laughs> let's not come for Charlie. Oh, no, I, 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 I love Charlie. And I totally get from a mother's perspective what she's saying. Um, and I totally get it. But yeah. like I said, I'm ride or die fam, uh, fam, you, HBCUs. Yeah. My family is deeply rooted in HBCUs. Yeah. Yeah. My sisters and I, my parents instilled in us, we all had to go to a separate HBCU yeah. that matched our personality. So I have... Me, FAMU, Hampton University, Howard University, Fisk. So had you gone, so had you gotten to Harvard either way, you would have you'd have gone to FAMU regardless. Yeah, and then I'll go. I went to NYU for grad school, so yeah, yeah. perfect combo. <laughs> yeah, got the best I of like both it. worlds. I like it. I <laughs> yeah, like it. I like it. <laughs> well, let's us get into our special segments. I believe we do have a little bit of news. We do have a little bit of news. So, Listen, if you guys love tonight's episode, let's give a round of applause and a shout out to Allison McKenzie. This was her very first episode on television. Or oh, on television. Oh, nice. And I think she killed it. Yes, so amazing. Yeah. Shout out to her. And even uh Yes. Even Ava DuVernay shouted her out as well. And Ava DuVernay uh actually recently tweeted that she makes films, TV, commercials, videos, and video commercials. And with each project she tries to make it matter. And uh, matter to not only herself but to others. Lately, she feels the need to push beyond only the making, and so she's re- recently launched Array Impact to do just that. So we have to see, you know, what else is going on. But I know one of the things that she um, incorporated with Array Impact was the Queen Sugar like talks, and she had a lot of uh, creative uh, creatives and trauma specialists just going on and talking to a lot of you know the Twitter fans in terms of trauma and dealing with mental health and anguish. So. She's wow. trying to help nice. you know, uplift yeah. the community nice. and everything. Thank you, Ava. Thank you, <laughs> yes. Ava. And, of course, we got to... Is that all the news and gossip? That's all the news, but... Okay, we got our big, easy scene. A little Absolutely. slice of our... There we go. A little slice <laughs> of another life. <laughs> you know, I feel like this one is so appropriate, um, just dealing with voter suppression, yeah. because I'm going to uh, speak to the New Orleans Massacre, oh. um, also known as the New Orleans Race Riot that occurred on July 30th, 1866. Wow. Um, so the riot was a typical um, racial conflict during the Reconstruction era. Um, but this took place outside the Mechanics Institute in New Orleans when black and white delegates... Uh, Delegates attended the Louisiana Constitutional Convention. Now, the convention uh, reconvened because the Louisiana state legislator had recently passed the Black Codes and refused to extend voting rights to black men. Mm -hmm. So, a few months prior to this, we have to give you a little backstory. Um, May 12, 1866, um, the Union Army imposed martial law and um, martial law had ended, and Mayor John T. Monroe was reinstated as acting mayor. And he was an active supporter of the Confederacy. Mm. Now, as a delegation of 130 black New Orleans residents marched behind the U.S. flag toward the Mechanics Institute, Mayor Monroe, he organized a huge mob of ex-Confederates, uh, white supremacists, and members of the New Orleans police force to institute and block their way. Um, when the marchers reached the Institute, the police and white mob members attacked each and every one of them, um, beat many of them, and so a lot of them had rushed inside the actual building for safety. Um, they, uh, the police and the mob and the white supremacists, they surrounded the entire building, opened fire. Wow. So these people didn't have anything. They literally wow. were just marching for their rights. Um, they opened fire, shot into the windows, um, and then the mob rushed into the building and fired into the crowd, just started shooting everybody who you know yeah. was in sight. Get this. Now, when the mob ran out of ammunition, the delegates beat them back. 
What? Yes. So the ones that were still standing, then they started attacking them. The mob, what they did was they left the building, regrouped, returned, and broke down the doors, began firing at all of the delegates once again. But as the fire uh, continued, many of the people tried to flee or surrender. Um, Those who surrendered, majority black, were killed on the spot. And those who ran were chased as the killing spread over several blocks. So it started going into neighborhoods and different communities of people who weren't even marching um, were getting involved in this. Um, By this point, both the rioters and victims included uh, were people who were never even at the Institute, who were never even involved. And um, blacks were shot on the street or pulled off of streetcars and were beaten and killed. Mm -hmm. By the end of the massacre, uh, more than 230 people were killed. 46 were uh, wounded. Um, now, the riots' repercussions extended far beyond New Orleans because Northerners were angry over this violence, and they helped the Republican Party take control of the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate um, in the congressional elections of 1866. Now, being that the Republicans controlled the Congress, it passed the Reconstruction Acts of 1867, a series of measures that called for army occupation of 10 former Confederate states and measures that ensured voting rights for African Americans. And immediately following this, martial law was reimposed in New Orleans after the riot and the mayor who constructed all of this and other city officials were forcibly removed from office for their part in the massacre. Wow. So I think that's why I'm so passionate about this voting. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and these are the shoulders that Micah is standing on Mm -hmm. and he should be taking full advantage. But that's where that that mindset's coming from. It's like we've been through all of this we're trying to get to that but I also get the experiential thing so um, I actually actually now I want to see him at Xavier to get some of that and I think it also has a lot to do with like it makes it it makes that bigger issue of a lot of times when people leave their native country or their country of origin to go and for a better life or whatever I feel like a lot of times there is that argument of like what does it mean to be on your own soil to know who you are in such a deep way is that is that more powerful than trying to yeah. yeah, then trying to simulate into this, like, you know, internalized idea of what right is, actually. Yeah. And we so I definitely idea, understand so that. I want to see it happen so we can, like, <laughs> actually visually play yeah. that. But let's do our lightning quick prediction. TV prediction. Yes. Um, you know, I think that young lady is going to run into Jimmy Dale again. I know we said that oh. it's the end of him, no. but I genuinely think he's going to come back. And this time, I just don't know what's going to happen, but I really hope that he goes to jail or something, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Charlie's going to come around, and she's going to appreciate the fact that Micah chose Xavier over Harvard. Um I can see her. <laughs> That's a like, what, You talking about like season six? <laughs> no, I mean like next episode. <laughs> finale, finale. Um, I, what do I predict? I, okay, I do predict that Vi will do some more work with um, women who are abused. And I think now that she's been healed, it'll free her to help in the way that she naturally does anyways, but like to a bigger degree. Yeah. So, um, am I the only one who was waiting for Nova and Ivy to run up on that porch and just taxing him when he <laughs> right. dropped that box? I was like, oh. well, I, no, I a, loved yeah. when he dropped the box. It was like, you know, I'm also just I'm just here for great dramas and yeah. great acting, and it was just like everything was building up to that moment. And I'm glad that he didn't, he couldn't snatch her, he yeah. couldn't do so anything. So he had to. He that like, was it. Yeah. that was it. That's he all he had. dropped that <laughs> box, and she turned around like, oh, I knew you had it in you. I knew you were gonna do something. Take one more step. I don't care what we say about technology. At the end of the day, uh, being able to pull Try out that me. phone, that, that is the <laughs> right. ultimate, right? Evidence. Evidence. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining um, us. Thank you. Of course, yes. we'll be back next week. My name is Shaka Smith.
Smith. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, Jocka Strong. And my name is Dontara Terrell. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dontara Terrell. My name is Thelma and Baseway Daniel. You can find me on Instagram at Thelma. See you guys next week. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 